Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. So, how have you been? It feels like forever since we last recorded, last had a catch-up. What have you been up to? Oh no, well, we've had Christmas, we're in the new year, and I'm actually feeling really good about 2019. I feel like the internet is split between people being like, don't set any New Year's resolutions, and people being like, set every New Year's resolution. Yeah, I've really noticed this. There's been like messages that are so positive that I'm actually like, oh my God, this is going to be a life-changing year for me too. And then there's other people who are so like, oh, it's just another year. Don't set unobtainable goals. It will damage your self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. So I've tried, I mean, I, I love January for goal setting. I know not everyone does, but I find it really useful to have that kind of mark in the calendar where you're like, right, this is what I'm aiming for this year. I find it really helps keep me accountable. See, I've never really done it before. And for the first time, I actually have done this year. I think because I had that time off over Christmas, like time away from work and from just from Oxford and from people that I actually sat down and had a little think about what I wanted to do. And it's been very beneficial. Yeah, I mean, I set other little goals throughout the year as well. Like yeah. When, when it August, September last year, I was like, right, these are some things I want to do before the end of the year. Yeah. But I just find it really helpful to be like, just little things like what where do I want to be a year from now what do I want to have achieved and what like kind of the things of what do I want to do and what do I need to start doing now to get there yeah so yeah just a lot of that really had a really chilled time over Christmas ate so 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 much food tell me about it. <laughs> my family and Alex's family are now so aware of my cheese obsession that in our secret Santa I was given a cheese board that is, oh, what a good secret Santa. I would take that any day, like over alcohol. I know alcohol is like a staple secret Santa if you don't know what to get someone. I mean, I don't really drink. So I when um, I wrapped it, I got a great cheddar, I got a brie and I got a blue. And the actual cheese board is gorgeous. It's like a piece of slate. I'm very happy with it. And I got some brilliant crackers and a little bit of chutney. Very happy girl. How have you been? Because you went away just before Christmas, which I feel like is a really nice way to switch off at the end of the year it was it was so so nice and I went away with with my whole like my family some both my parents and my brother and it was such a nice break like we've not been away as a family in so long and it was just we went for four days to Tallinn um, in Estonia it was the most cold I've ever been in my life like minus 18 oh, it no. was no, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm like with the cold. It was, I would have cried if it hadn't frozen to my cheeks. It was the most ridiculous temperature I've ever experienced. But we, it also meant that we had snow on like over, well, we flew back on Christmas Eve, but it was like a snowy Christmas, which was really nice. Because you never get one here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was nice to have that and then come back and just, it was really chilled out because we were all so tired from traveling back on Christmas Eve. We had a really chilled out Christmas day. And then all the extended family came down for the days between Christmas and New Year, which was just like manic. Like, oh, my God, trying to get 20 of you into a restaurant. Oh, my God. No, not yet. Not. No. That's <laughs> An experience. But no, it was a lovely Christmas and coming back to work was a little bit of a shock, but. Um, but now I'm back at work, I'm back into a routine and stuff. I'm trying to cut down on sugar and also dairy, although I can't cut milk out of my cups of tea. I only have a splash, but I can't cut it out. But I'm, I'm not actually touching any of my chocolate that I got for Christmas. And I got a lot. I've put it in a drawer and I've just I've sworn off it until I get back from America, which is after which is in February. I feel like 
see, I've taken a really different approach this year because I normally do that every January. I'm like, January 1st, I'm like, right, that's it, I'm done. And every year, about three or four days in, I just crack and I binge, which yeah. is the worst thing to do. So this year, I've tried to be a bit more measured. Like, I, I got a lot of chocolate for Christmas. So I've sorted out all my cupboards, which was just glorious. Both um, are big. <laughs> had such a Monica afternoon like my spice cupboard is just beautiful right now probably need to get out of the house a bit more but um yeah I put all the chocolate like at we've got like a cupboard that goes around a corner so I've put it around the bit of the corner that I can't see but I've got a bar of dark chocolate in the fridge so like every now and again like like a couple of squares a day if I really really want it I'm letting myself have it and then I'm being really good for like all my meals and like my snacks if I'm actually hungry yeah. So I think I usually just binge my way through January because I've got all the food there and I can't stop thinking about yeah. it and I just have to eat it till it's gone. Like I feel like this Christmas I just ate in such excess, which I haven't done in so long, that as soon as like January first came around, I was like, I'm really ready for vegetables. And also I ate all the things I shouldn't have eaten from like a gut perspective. So my stomach has just been painful and bloated and horrible. So I feel like that was the real kick up the backside I needed to get back into it this January. Well, th- so this is the other motivation I have, that in two weeks' time I'll be in a bikini in Florida. So That's true. <laughs> I really don't want to eat a load of like dairy and sweet stuff and then be have a bloated tummy and be like, hey, beach, I'm just going <laughs> to stay wrapped in a towel. <laughs> no, you, you don't want that. But... I feel like we could talk about um the last couple of weeks for ages though because we haven't we haven't really caught up properly and we haven't recorded in about a month so should we just move on to our recommendations now yeah we really <laughs> should because we've been going for 10 minutes <laughs> about our eating habits over December but do you want to kick off with your first recommendation yeah um so my first recommendation is actually related to the trip that I'm taking in a couple of weeks time um so Taylor and I are going to Havana in Cuba for a couple of days. And um, Sorry, I couldn't resist. And seriously, I've been doing it all the time and I think he's sick of it already and we're not even together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, while I was researching, I came across this website and it's called, well, we pronounce it Via Hero, but I think it's American and they say Via Hero. Um, okay. But it it's so clever. It's an app and a website. So it's super yeah. easy to use. And it basically puts you in contact with locals in countries that are perhaps like slightly less visited. And That's so cool. Yeah. And they they can like, however much you want them to have an input, they will help plan your trip. So whether you want like a full itinerary or whether you're just looking for like some tips or like a specific kind of, I don't know, if you're interested in just museums or I don't know, cooking classes or so. um. So it's really popular for Cuba because of the travel restrictions for Americans. You have to have an itinerary um, if you're flying from America. So a lot. Oh God, tell me I'm bound by U.S. legislation because I'm flying from a U.S. port, and you need to have an itinerary that shows you are supporting the Cuban people for six hours a day. Um, But yeah, so this app covers everywhere from Cuba to Argentina to Malaysia to Nepal, Peru, Thailand, Vietnam, Ecuador, China, loads of places. And you just you you put in what your interests are and it matches you with someone relevant. And I think it's $25 like per day that gets planned for you. But if you're going somewhere a couple of days, 
when so when we were in Bali, and obviously Bali's quite well toured anyway, but we paid we paid considerably more than that for our hotels who plan like oh we got a driver with it as well but like for the itinerary of it we paid a lot 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 more than that that's so reasonable yeah and actually reading some of these reviews they like I mean this is for the Cuba ones but it said that some of them just come and like pick them up from the airport or send a friend to go and pick them up for free like included in that $25 I like the idea that you're helping you are actually helping a local community and it's more kind of I feel like sustainable is not the right word to use, but it's, a, I don't know, maybe it's a bit more conscious traveling. Yeah. Like it's quite a nice way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like how we're all becoming a lot more aware of supporting local businesses. It's like doing that for the local yeah. place that you're traveling to. Exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was just really impressed with that. Wanted to share that with people. Um, but what about you? What's your first recommendation? Okay, so my first is one that I think you're going to love. Um, so, as we know, well, if you're in the in the UK the BBC is kind of renowned for doing drama really well and over Christmas the ABC murders were done oh I watched it so it's you watched it yeah oh okay I'm really pleased you said you didn't watch anything over Christmas I I loved it and so it's the ABC murders it's Poirot and I mean I know nothing about Poirot and Agatha Christie so (laughs) (laughs) like like, it was shameful how little I realized and like how little I knew but I still really enjoyed it I still understood it all because I really wanted to watch it, but I was a bit worried that because I had never seen or read any Poirot that I just wouldn't have a clue what was going on. But actually, that wasn't really a problem. I don't want to give anything away. It's kind of gruesome in parts, but it wasn't too gruesome. It wasn't scary, I don't think. It was just quite thrillery. I thought they did it so well. And I think Rupert Grint was really good in it. It was nice to see him in a really different role because he hasn't, I don't think he's done that much since his Harry Potter days. So it's really nice to see him do something so different. Yeah, oh, definitely. My dad didn't even recognise him when we watched it. He was like, no, that's not Ron. I'm like, well, no, it's not Ron. It's Rupert Grint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think the good thing about Poirot as well is that you, a lot of the stories are standalone. So you can just really enjoy them for like what they are. Yeah, I just really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was three parts, each an hour long, so it was really manageable as well. Yeah. Because I get fatigued, I guess, with um, TV series. I get a bit bored after the first few episodes, um, unless it's Friends or Gilmore Girls. So it was quite nice. It was only three episodes, and I was just able to kind of power through it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 10 out of 10, it's still on iPlayer. So if you're in the UK, you can access it for like another three weeks, I think. So go check that out. Well, related to that, my other recommendation is also TV on the BBC. Um, mm-hmm. But and I, I know that you're not a fan, but I love Luther. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this new season to come out for what, two years. And it's so, so good. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying and it gru- it's gruesome and it makes me jump and it's, it's a little bit messed up. But I just, it's such a brilliant show. And Idris Elba is just, he's hes like, he just embodies the character so well. I have so much respect for him as an actor. The thing is, I'm not anti-Luther in the slightest. I've just, I'm just such a scaredy cat. And I have such an overactive imagination. I do not need any help coming up with like scary things to stress me out. So I just know that if I watch it, I'll be like, can someone check under my bed for a murderer every night? And that's just not an appropriate way to live. To be fair, <laughs> at that episode where the body drops out of the ceiling and he's hiding under the plastic tarpaulin. But anyone who has seen it will know what I'm talking about right now because it is such a like, oh God, that was a horrific moment of British TV. But 
<laughs> Such a good show. Yeah, I, I just can't watch it. But I'm pleased that you're enjoying that it's back. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited by it. I just thought I would let you know. <laughs> Well, I feel like my second recommendation then is the perfect antidote to ABC Murders and Luther. So if you've watched those and you're a little bit stressed out, um, then th- this could be the perfect solution. So I downloaded, it's the Calm app. Um, the, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Android. I think you can get it on all devices, actually. Um, and I downloaded it a couple of years ago. And then about a year ago, I decided to get the paid version, which is, I think it works out like £40 a year or something. And basically, I'm a dreadful sleeper. I really struggle with getting to sleep. I really struggle with sleeping through the night. So I wanted something that would help me to wind down before bed. And their sleep stories were really, really helpful in doing that. So I basically paid for it so I could access more of those and also access more of the meditations. And I'm not great at meditating. I find it quite difficult. But I have found that this app makes it a little bit more accessible. And the I find the woman who narrates it all has the most calming voice. It's really soothing. And it just I now associate the app with bedtime, which I think has really helped me. That's really good. Um, yeah. Yes. Is this the app that has um, Stephen Fry doing the sleep stories? Yes. Sleep stories. Oh, Stephen I've got Fry. the free version, and his voice is the most relaxing thing to listen to before bed. It's so good. I think whether you've got the free version or the paid version, it's still an amazing app. Um, and I think especially at this time of year, everyone's like, right, I'm going to start meditating in the new year, or I want to be a bit more mindful, or I want to improve my sleep. And this is a tool that I've used that actually has helped because I've tried so many things and everyone's like, this is a miracle cure and it's not helped at all. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that I have the healthiest sleeping relationship or like my sleep hygiene's in in an amazing place, but um, it's definitely getting a little bit better and the car map has really helped. So, you know, whether you're a bit stressed, whether you're struggling with sleeping, whether you just want to be a little bit more mindful and feel a bit more balanced, it's really good. So go and check it out. Yeah, I need to give that a go again because I've stopped using it, but I was using it before. It gave me a report because I'm a paid member at the end of the year. It gave me a report of how many hours I've spent on it, like my favorite stories, who my favorite narrator is, like which types of sleep stories I listen to the most. Because you've got ones that are like nature based, ones that are travel based, ones that are the actual stories that they repeat and all that kind of thing. So that was really interesting. Oh, I bet you love the stats. I, lo- <laughs> I was like, I was sitting, I was like, Alex, did you know that my favorite narrator is Tamara Levin? He's like, I, I literally don't care. <laughs> it, what it did though is it made me realize how much you. I got out of it and it made me it really encouraged me to get back into using it more frequently because I kind of fell out of the habit over Christmas so yeah definitely a good one if you're looking to improve your sleep this year go check it out oh nice I will have to go back to that shall we um move on to our first discussion topic of 2019 which I feel like is really appropriate for this time of year yeah absolutely I think everyone's making all like their resolutions their goals and their plans for the year so I think us talking about money it's a really appropriate time of the year to address what is sometimes a bit of an elephant in the room for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we have always, maybe it's because we met at uni or maybe it's because we were all so close, but between in our friendship group, I feel like we've always had quite an open discussion about money and we've always spoken about it quite freely, but there's definitely, that's definitely not a common thing, I don't think. Um, no, not There at is all. definitely a taboo around it. There's definitely a taboo around saying that you want money or that you want wealth. And I think that then creates quite a negative, it creates a lot of really negative connotations with money. And I think 
there's a lot we want to discuss about money because it's something we both think is a really important thing to talk about. But we figured like starting out the year, a really good place to start is with savings, kind of like how to save more, getting into good habits and all everything that comes along with saving and how to save money. Yeah, I think people expect saving to mean putting aside hundreds of pounds every month. And that's even when I speak to other friends and they're like, oh, I just can't. I only put aside like 30 pounds this month. I'm like, well, that is that is saving. Yeah. Whatever, whatever works for you for saving. It is like you said, all about creating those good habits because everyone's on different salaries. Everyone has different expenditures every month. It is about just putting aside an amount that is right for you that makes you acknowledge the worth of money and that you're putting it aside for your future yeah definitely and I think there's that thing that if you say you want money or you you want to save money or whatever it is it's quite negative and it's it's seen as kind of really greedy and quite crass whereas that's the thing people think it's it's greedy but actually there's nothing there's nothing greedy or negative about wanting to have a good life and be able to look after yourself or your family or your future. Yeah, and I think and I think you'll agree, like for us, we both prioritise money, but we don't it's not in a crass way. It's very much in a way of it gives us more freedom, it gives us more flexibility, it gives us stability, and it helps us to plan for our future. And actually, if you don't have money, you don't have any freedom, personally, I think. Like I the times in my life when I've felt more trapped in situations has been when I haven't had money. And actually yeah. you have money and you just eat no matter how much it is, like and I'm not talking about having like a thousand thousand saved in the bank. More about having a little bit of money put aside to kind of um to kind of like just fall back on if you need it. There was that article a few years ago about the fuck off fund. And when I oh, yeah. that, it was it wasn't a complicated concept by any means. And actually I'll try and find it and leave it linked because if you haven't read it. Um, it was everywhere all over the internet a couple of years ago. But if you haven't read it, I would really recommend reading it because it really helped to kind of switch my mindset about money and saving. Yeah, no, I remember that. It That was very much similar for me as well. I think it was a couple of years ago because that's really what got me saving for, okay, I want to, my priority is travel and being able to explore and go out and do things or see friends, but also mm-hmm. save for my future. I need to start putting this this money in different places and putting it aside for when I need it for those things I'm prioritizing completely and I think the concept of saving can seem really really simple as in you get money in you put part of it aside but it isn't necessarily as simple as that because if you're not taught good money habits when you're growing up or you know maybe you have been taught that but you personally are just not very good at managing your own finances it's not always as simple as just putting money aside. And I think because in theory, it's a very easy concept. If you then go, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's almost that fear of being judged for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think because I mean, I I grew up with a fam or parents that were very, very cautious and very careful with money. Like we, we were comfortable, we, we had money, that was fine. But my dad was very always really instilled in us the importance of saving money putting it in a different bank account yes putting it somewhere that earns interest but somewhere that you're not going to be able to access easily but it's there if you need it and also he really got me thinking about those small ideas of oh do you do you really need to buy that do you really need to buy a cup of coffee every day like think about that that's 
20 pounds a week that you're spending what's that over a year those kind of ideas I was raised on from a very early age and I've grown up with them and I still very much abide by them today yeah and I feel like I I didn't have that growing up I think I I didn't grow up in a household where money was managed well and actually it was a lot of um you know, I was always very conscious of money and I had a lot of guilt attached to spending money and all of that kind of thing. And I think the not having it and not feeling secure, and I think that's the most important thing, is not feeling secure with money has what has now kind of pushed me as an adult to really want to be in control of that. And I think it's kind of been fumbling through my early 20s working out, am I good with money? Could I be better with money? How do I get better with money? Because I didn't have anyone sit down and teach me. And actually, most people don't. It isn't something that's taught in schools. But it should be. I think it's so... People need to be more educated like from an early age. Um, I, I, honestly, I couldn't agree more. It's one of the... You know, there are certain things that people talk about and you get re- like a real fire in your belly about. And that is one of them for me because I just think it is so important. Um, but that, that's a whole... That's a whole... Like, I could go on. So I'll rein that in for today. But... Yeah, I just think it's a really important conversation to have. And I think if we're talking about saving, like we said, it doesn't have to be daunting. The first thing is to just get into really good habits with your money, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And like like I said before, it's got to be it's got to be something that's attainable for you, whether that is £10 a month or £30 a month or £100 a month. It, It depends on your situation and your lifestyle. But getting into that good habit, putting it somewhere that you can't you can't see but you know yeah. it's there. I think that's I think that's the really important thing because the second it's out of my bank account and in a savings account, so much easier. <laughs> and I feel like that's it's when I started doing that that I noticed I was able to save more because of the day I would get paid, I would either I mean you can do it either way. Personally, I found if I physically changed it across my bank accounts on my mobile banking app, it kind of I found that better because it kind of reminded me I was doing it and I got that sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Um but like it was in a separate bank account. If if I desperately needed it, then I could access it. Like I wasn't going to put myself in debt at the sake of keeping the money in my savings account, but it was somewhere different. It was earning me a bit more money. And just getting into that habit has really, really helped me to kind of be like, okay, this is what I can save and this is what I can do. And at the end of the year, when you look at what you've achieved, it's a really lovely feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing as well. Once you can see the changes that you're making and the the benefits that it's having I think it's something to be really proud of honestly I get really good satisfaction from being able to look at how much I've saved it's like a real achievement yeah it is absolutely and I think because now we both have these attitudes towards money as well and kind of the understanding that we want to save I think people don't see it see that as something to be proud of it's just If you have a job, you live month to month and that's fine. And that is fine if that's how you want to live. But if you are managing to put money aside, no matter how much it is, you should so be proud of that. I hadn't even thought of this, um, but I think it's a really, really important point that was raised in an episode of In the Fringe of It. No, not the In the Fringe of It. It's called The Fringe of It. The podcast with Charlotte Jacklin and Liv Purvis. Mm -hmm. I can work out which episode it was. I will leave it below because they talked about money in it. And Charlotte basically said... I didn't know everyone was saving in their 20s. Like, it was like this thing I found out when I turned 30, like everyone had been saving money. She was like, what? Like, no one told me about this. And that is so important because people don't tell you. They don't tell you how to do it. And if you haven't been told, or maybe you aren't as aware about money, or your circumstances are just different, 
you can get yourself into a real situation and not have an easy way out of it. So I think it's so important to have the conversation and just say, actually, I'm going to give myself this opportunity to save and prepare for my future. Yeah, I actually spoke to a a friend recently who who said, oh, it wasn't until you said that you were putting like this amount of money aside a month. And then I spoke to someone else and they were like, oh, yeah, of course, I, I do that as well. And she was like, yeah. then I suddenly realised that, oh my God, I'm supposed to be doing that. And it's it's certain, it's just the the things that you, yeah, you should have been taught at, at the end of the day. It's, it's something that should be as important as teaching you how to put together your CV and things like that at, u, at, uni, at school even. And I think as well, nowadays, it's so easy to get a savings account, but it still felt like it's very much shrouded in mystery. Like you can literally walk into a bank, either the bank you currently are with or another bank and set up a savings account. It doesn't take long. It's really easy to do. And I think that's the one thing I would urge anyone who wants to save more money to do. Having that actual space to put the money in is really helpful. Yeah. And also there's a bunch of resources, again, that probably don't get spoken about that much. Um, I mean, you know how much I love Martin Lewis. We both love Martin Lewis. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Martin Lewis changed the way I think about money and how I save money, how I go about like saving money, like on appliances and stuff like that. He really made me so much more aware. And the whole money saving expert kind of um, team and website made me so much more aware of my finances. Yeah, I've used money saving expert. I used it to for the comparisons to find yeah. the best savings account. I used it when I switched banks to find the uh, to find the bank with the best benefits when I switched to them. I used it to find my credit card. I think money saving expert has so many good resources on that are easily accessible to people who yeah. who are, who start out like us and just didn't have enough of the information about it to start with. And what I would say is his show that he does on ITV. I believe most of them or all of them are on ITV player I don't know if you can access that internationally but I'm sure there's a way you can find it if you are not in the UK um but he just makes everything seem so much more accessible and so much more achievable yeah from like how to switch your energy bills to savings account to life insurance to you know home and contents insurance all of those things that seem really big and scary he really breaks down so again we'll pop all that in the show notes so you can go check that if you if out if you're looking for something a, like more of a steady resource I guess yeah but um I mean we're talking about savings accounts here there's also little things that you can do for everyday savings which are going to be so beneficial but yeah they might not feel as big or as scary as a savings account but there are things that everyone can do so I mean I mentioned it before that if if you get a cup of coffee every day on your way to work what's that costing you for five pounds maybe round that up for a whole week you're spending 20 25 quid a week think of that over a year and imagine if you just cut out that coffee and made it yourself at the office when you got to work or wherever you're going or even if you did that like three or four times a week then you're like okay my Friday treat is that I'm actually going to go buy a really nice coffee like it's those little things you don't have to suddenly be like I'm not going out I'm not seeing my friends I'm not going to go out to dinner you know I'm not going to buy anything new it's not about that it's more about saying okay well like when you came to stay a few weeks ago we were like okay well we could go out for dinner but actually instead we're like let's go buy some cheese let's get like a cheap bottle of wine let's stay in and, you know, we spent a great night, but instead of spending like 30 quid on a meal, we spent about a tenner between us. Yeah. And it's just those little things. We didn't have to sacrifice on the fun for that. Yeah. And I would rather spend that money on 
traveling to see friends and actually getting time to spend together than thinking oh but have I got enough money to go and spend it on a on a meal or something like that yeah and I think when it comes down to stuff like food for me that's an area I found I could really save on if I don't prep my meals and I don't take lunch to work with me and that kind of thing I will just go to Mark's I'll go to prep I'll pick up a sandwich and then I'm like oh well I want a snack in the afternoon And actually, whilst I'm here, maybe I'll treat myself to a hot drink. You spend a tenner just like that. Yeah. (laughs) And when you sit down, you plan your meals, you work out what you actually need and you do a food shop. And then you're quite mindful in your food shop. Like I always opt for, if I can, I always opt for like unbranded stuff, overbranded, unless of course it's a bit cheaper. All those little things, it means that actually I save a lot over the space of a month or so. And it's really easy to do. Yeah, I, I mean, my my trick for that is always on either a Sunday evening or Monday lunchtime at work, I will plan my meals for the week and what what recipes I'm going to do. And then I go to the I go to the shop that Monday evening, do my shop. And I've bought exactly what I want. If I'm going to be out that week, then I factored that in. I don't need another meal. If I'm going away at the weekend, I don't want to buy too much that's going to go off. Just things like that. And all of a sudden, my food shop has come down so much. Yeah, and it makes such a difference. And it's it's those little changes, I think, that make such a big impact overall. And actually, I think, I want to say it's Monzo that do it now. And I don't have an account with Monzo, but it is something I'm looking at because I think it's a really interesting concept. It's quite like a new yeah. style of bank. Um, but they do a function where, what well, I'm sure it's Monzo that do this. They do a function where basically if you go and spend on your debit card, then you can round up to the nearest pound and the difference will go into a savings account. So if you buy something for £1.50, you can opt to pay £2 and the extra 50p goes into a savings account. And it's essentially like how you would always have small change. We don't really have small change anymore. So instead of putting your small change aside, it puts it into a bank account. And those little things, you think, oh, it's 20p here, 15p here, it's not going to make a difference. But at the end of the month, that could be quite a nice little sum of money. That's such a good idea. I'm going to have a look at that. And I thought that was a really nice idea as well for then if you maybe have a month where things are a bit tighter, you have like an extra kind of security blanket. Or if you're like, actually, I can't afford to put any money away this month, you know you've made a bit more effort on other months. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's also, um, speaking of like banks, there's so many banks now that do a really good breakdown of your expenditure. So I think Santander app and also... Oh, Santander and there's another one as well. I can't think of it right now. Yeah, so my brother has the Santander one and it gives you a complete breakdown of how much you spend on food, how much you spend on alcohol, how much you spend on like social leisure time, how much you spend on your bills. And you can see it's like pie charts and graphs and everything. It's very satisfying. But it, it's such a, like having that visual breakdown. I mean, I mean, like if you look at it and you see that you're spending... 40% of your monthly outgoing is go, going on food you're like well maybe there's something that can be cut down there I think it's about having the information so you can be more empowered and make more conscious decisions about what you're doing that's the thing and like having conversations like this about resources and what's available and things that other people are doing that, that's how you're going to get the the ideas and the motivation and the understanding to save money or just cut down a little bit on spending here and there definitely I completely agree with you and I think you know as we touched on earlier there's so much about money we want to talk about because it's something that is so crucial to all of our lives and I kind of think that 
brushing something like that under the carpet to not talk about it because it's a little bit awkward here and there just it's kind of a disservice to us all like I'm not saying go out and ask the first person you meet what their salary is <laughs> like be respectful of people's privacy but if you feel like you're in a position where you can have a very open conversation with someone I'd really encourage you to do it yeah no absolutely I don't I don't think that there's anything negative at all that could come from having a conversation with friends about things like that yeah, I like it's through that that I realized that actually I probably wasn't earning as much as I was worth. Um and I know that I've had conversations with friends where by having those discussions they've like similarly to you like they've been like, "Oh, okay, so maybe I should be saving. How do I go about it?" And it's about sharing the information. Like there's so many things we don't discuss and I just think money shouldn't be one of those things that we taboo and kind of say, "No, no, no, don't go near that." Yeah, I mean, weren't you telling me as well there was um what was the book that you read? Um, um, really interesting I'm still reading it and I have to be honest it's taking me a while we all know that well we don't all know you know that um I'm a bit of a flake when it comes to books like I get halfway <laughs> through and I'll just stop reading it and this is quite a dry read but a lot of the things that are said in it are really powerful and are really are really good things to think about it's by Jen Sincero who wrote you're a badass obviously it sounds awful because I have a British accent and it's an American book um so excuse that um but she wrote a follow-up book called you're a badass <laughs> at making money and I've started to read it I'm about maybe like a quarter of the way through now but some of the things she talks about in there are really important about like saying to yourself um I'm allowed to make money I'm worthy of making money and really addressing that relationship that you personally have with money because most people have a really negative relationship and kind of if you don't get to the root of those how can you ever expect yourself to move on and have a really positive experience with it there's a lot in there I won't go into yeah and I think this is this is something we're going to do in a separate podcast at some point about your own worth and the money that you earn and how you perceive your own worth because I think that's something that's really interesting in relation to the whole money conversation but I think if you're you know if whether it's because it's the start of the year or it's just something you want to get in control of I think once you start to have control over your finances, you feel like you have more control over your life. And for me, having that control has been a massive source of, um, how do, like, I mean, well, not having that control was a massive source of stress for me. Yeah. So having it and being able to be more in control of my finances and be more aware and kind of plan for my future has been really beneficial. So I think there are so many resources out there that actually let's make them a bit more accessible for everyone. Absolutely. And it's such a key part of your 20s as well. And that kind of transition phase to being an adult and earning and having to be responsible for your own finances. Um, so, yeah, I think all of the resources that we've spoken about today and everything we've discussed, we'll link it all below um, for people to check out and have a look. Yeah, definitely. And we are always up for talking about money um, <laughs> and all of that kind of thing. So. If there's anything more you would like us to be discussing about money in particular or any other topics, then do let us know because we're currently planning all of the rest of our topics um, for upcoming episodes. We'd love to hear from you guys about what you want to hear and the types of things you want discussed. And as always, we'd love to hear from you about anything at all. Um, you can also follow along with us on Instagram at 20s are hard or you can drop us an email at 20s are hard at gmail.com. So yeah, that's it for today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll be back in two weeks time with our next episode, which is going to be all about social media and how we're making it a more positive space for ourselves in 2019 and kind of talking about everything else that comes along with that. So we really hope you've enjoyed this episode and we hope to hear from you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.